0: You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with me, Lisa Check Today... We're going to be doing a little something different. And this is um, a topic that I have been thinking about and talking about with other um, artists. Um, Who are you now? Um, So let's just dive right in. Here's what's happening on the farm. So as I'm taping this, it's the end of July and we are in the midst of a whole bunch of different kinds of harvests. Um, we have new onions. We have tomatoes of so- all sorts and sizes. We have um, lots of zucchinis still, a few beans. I don't know quite what's happening with those. Um, and I think I probably have said this before. I am not the gardener. I don't like weeding things. And um, so that's really Bill's purview. He loves plants. Um, And if you could see the room that I'm in right now, I'm surrounded by probably a 100 baby orchids and one Christmas cactus. Um, And all those baby orchids are in a couple of different um, aquariums. Um, Bill loves his plants. So that's what's happening on the farm right now. So, yeah, 18 months ago now, just about, um, is when, like, the world changed, right? And this is what I've been talking about with my artist friends, is there's a, a person that we used to be, and then this pandemic happened, and now who are we? So 18 months ago, who were you then? I mean, for me, um, every. It, we were going to shows and I was, uh, doing trunk shows at different local yarn stores and people would come over here every once in a while to shop, but not very often. And I had a few online sales, but not that many. Um, but now it's totally different. Um, you know, now it's, um, a lot of people come, more than once a month. I have open studios once a month. People come in between times. Um, I am mostly dying to order, uh, unless I get some like really fantastic idea that just needs to be, uh, put onto yarn and, um, things are just kind of have slowed down. Um, and amidst this pandemic during the shutdown, um, you know, I'm an introvert. So like, I felt like my life mostly didn't change. If you were an extrovert though, I bet it really did. And I have always worried about my friends who lived by themselves because during that time it was, I mean, you were isolated and you had a TV and maybe you had some zoom calls but you didn't really have a whole lot of interaction with other people, um, and if you had have a large family, you had a lot of family togetherness, right? Um, and that can be a little bit anxiety producing, um, changing the way that you know we eat. You you know if if you had a large fit, have a large family, you probably were going from making. Um, like one meal a day, probably dinner and maybe like a light breakfast to making three meals a day. I mean, even for me, with Bill being home working, um, now I had to think more about uh, having all those meals at home, Who was going to be doing that? What was going to happen with that? And then families that we're apart as well. My family is mostly in, um, California and Oregon, and I haven't seen them in over two years. Um, cause we didn't know that this was going to be happening. Um, I've seen them on zoom. Um, we've, I think we've all done those things. I mean, um, game night on zoom and things like that, but it's not the same as like sitting on the couch, drinking coffee together, eating ice cream together, you know, all those kind of great memories that memory making times that we have together. And now are you working from home? Is your significant other working from home? Um, that, that has been a little bit nerve wracking and anxiety producing as well. Um, I'm, you know, don't tell Bill, but I'm kind of looking forward to him going back to working, not at home. Um, it is it is a little bit more anxiety producing. Um, and then there were the people that were not working because their jobs evaporated because they were in, you know, a service industry. Or were you or your uh, significant Family members working in danger, first line, first responders, people in hospitals, people, um, uh, people in grocery stores. You know, lots of I we heard lots of stories of um, people living in um, campers in their driveway because they didn't want to infect the rest of the family. Um, just all of those things, they change you. They change your personality. They change your outlook. They change so much about you. And then school, oh my gosh, don't even get me started about that. Um, I can't tell you how glad I am that I had um, left my teaching position the year before this happened. Um, And just the amount of um, anxiety produced not only by the, the the teachers were feeling but our children as well and especially children young children who really need to have that one-on-one time with a teacher that really need to have face time you know and I don't mean on an iPhone you know really having you know connection to their teachers in order for them to learn and so many families who you know, for whatever reason may not have internet. Um, it may not be available in their neighborhood, right. Um, or it might not be available because of their um, circumstances and just to be left behind and how that makes a child feel, how that makes, um, parents feel and families feel. And of course there was silver lining. I have to say, um, because I'm an introvert, I didn't experience a lot of the, um, the anxiety of some of my friends. And, um, I, because of zoom, I was able to get back to meeting with my weaving community in California. Um, I was able to invite back, um, People in my community that had moved away, so that you know we were having these Zoom meetings, and everybody was invited to the party, and it was really wonderful to be able to reconnect with friends that you haven't seen for a long time, um, and connect on that kind of um, that artistic, creative level too, to be inspired by them and um, vice versa. So that I think really has been a silver lining for me, at least. Then there was the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, let's all get vaccines. And people were anxious about vaccines. And then there was the hunger games of the appointments and, you know, trying to find something um, in your age group and in your neighborhood. And would there be a big line or um, at one point, Uh, because Bill has all these computers for his work, and we also have personal computers, he had four different computers all um, ready to, you know, all he had to do was to click to get into four different pharmacy systems or the big vaccination, mass vaccination sites in order to find an appointment for himself. And thankfully, he was able to do that. Um, When my time came to do that, um, it was much easier for me. Um, I think I only had to try a couple of days. And um, it just happened to be when they they were opening a lot more of the pharmacy um, um, locations. And so I was able to get in. But now what? We have now we have. Lots of people in our community who are, for whatever reasons, are not able to take the vaccine, who aren't willing to take the vaccine, who don't have access to the vaccine because of transportation issues or work issues. And how do we know who has it? How do we know who doesn't have it? How are we going to be safe all these decisions are, uh, you know, swirling around us. And again, they're changing our personalities. They're changing our outlook on life. They're changing fundamentally who we are. And, you know, every, all the news programs are talking about, it's the new reality. It's, it's the new normal, but you know, are we really there yet? Yes, people are starting to emerge, Um, but again, we are different people than we were back then, Um, and we may be an amalgamation of two selves, like you may, an amalgamation of your pre-pandemic self and your pandemic self, and maybe there's also a third one, this emergent pandemic self, and um, is is it gonna are you gonna become this amalgam? Do you think that we can go back to the way that you were, the things that you did, the things you liked, the ways you, you behaved, the ways you interacted with people um, 18 months ago, as if the pandemic never happened? Um, what's gonna happen? Um, it's, it's It's not really clear yet what is going to be, our new normal as an individual, as a person. And of course, now is the time for all these decisions, especially in light of this Delta variant and there will be other variants as well coming down the pike. Um, Do we go out to eat or do we still do takeout? What about doctor's appointments or going for um, cancer screenings and things like that? Um, One of my doctor's appointments was one of the scariest uh, times that I, I had this whole time because it was a very small waiting room. There was one chair between each person. But in that small waiting room, there were eight people. And I felt extremely uncomfortable, and I didn't I didn't know what to do about it. I, I figured it out after the whole, you know, after the appointment. I thought to myself, you know, if this happens again and I feel uncomfortable, I could have just gone outside the door, and I could have told the receptionist, when they call me, I'm going to be standing outside the door. I'm going to stand outside. That would have... Um, made me feel a whole lot more comfortable because again, I was monitoring my health, you know, eight day. you know, all the days up to two weeks later to say, you know, am I going to get something? Because there were all, you know, I was probably the youngest person in the room and you all know that I'm not that young. And, um, (laughs) and, you know, any of those people could have been exposed um, by their caregivers and things like that. And then what are we going to do about these crafty meetings? Like, you know, my, am I going to still be able to meet with my LA friends? Are they still going to include me? And, um, there's four, no, five other past seasiders. That's what we're called. Seaside weavers. Um, there's five of us, um, two here in the DC area, uh, someone in Wisconsin, Arizona, and, um, Oregon. So eventually they're going to want to go back to meeting in person. And then what's going to happen to us? Um, so we've been talking a little bit about that. Um, what's going to happen, um, with my Crafternoon? Am I going to still include, um, Ellen on a call, um, on a Zoom while we have our in-person Crafternoon? And so far we have done that, um, We've had two crafter news where we have been in person and um, we've had Ellen on the Zoom on the computer. And so that has been really nice. And I and I hope that there's some kind of way uh, that happens for the seaside people. And what about travel? You know, I know people are starting to travel. We've been hearing some nightmares about um, the airlines not having enough workers. And so a lot of flights are getting canceled. Um, a lot of flights are being delayed. Um, I think that's, you know, all the anger of people on the airplanes, um, anger about having to wear the masks. I mean, it's it's going to be um, interesting. I know we have a big European trip that was postponed a couple of times already. Um, that's c- supposed to be next year. And, you know, will we be able to leave the country and will we be able to get into Europe? Will we be able to come back? Um, what, what will we have to do? I'm sure there's going to be you saw, testing involved and, and I'm sure we're going to have to show our vaccine papers um, and it's that's still six months out. So it's hard to know where is the world going to be then? I, you know, we, there's so much uncertainty still. And then family meetings, you know, uh, people getting together with their families, which is awesome. We've done a couple of things like that. Um, with Bill's family that is in Pennsylvania and, uh, in the Annapolis area. And that has been really nice to be able to get together in person and, you know, play a game or, you know, eat a meal and, um, and feel like we're getting back to normal again. But there's still fear and anxiety, right? It's, it's kind of like, in a way, it's a little bit like at the beginning, at last March and April, because these variants, they're telling us they are so much more virulent than the original. And again, it's not something that we can see. It's not something we can feel. Um, it, you can't tell if somebody has it that's next to you in the plane, in the hotel, at the bar. Um you or at the grocery store, you can't you can't know that. Um, so it is you know just this another level of fear going through us, and you know what does that do to us and to our kids and to those that are already at so much risk of um, mental um, health problems. Um, it's, it's just, uh, again, it's something that we need to address as individuals and families and probably um, probably governmentally or society, 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 I can say that word, in our society, looking at those questions, how do we take care of other people's um, and our own mental health at these times of risk? When school's going to be starting up, um, are our children going to feel safe um, or are they not going to feel safe? Are we going to feel safe sending them off to school or are we going to feel unsafe about that? And then let's just get to crafting. So has your crafting changed in this last 18 months? Um, have you decided to make something different? Or learn a new technique or are you still doing the same um, making making your socks making your sweaters making your shawls um, or have you just abandoned crafting altogether Um, again crafting can be so great for our mental health for our outlook and um, but at the same time sometimes it takes a little optimism to get started and if you're not exactly feeling optimistic um, it can be really difficult. Um, are you using your collection? I hope you're shopping your collection. That would be good. Um, or are you buying online? Um, and then festivals. So the festivals are going to be starting to open up. Um, we're hoping here in the in our area that, um, the Shenandoah show, which happens in the end of September is going to keep going. Um, and the Rhinebeck show is supposed to be going and those tickets are already sold out. Um, and the, the alpaca show that's in November is also going to be, um, doing an in-person once, as far as we know, again, things can change on a dime, right? Right but how will they be different? I know at Rhinebeck, everybody gets a, your, a, you know, one booth space. So people or companies that had two or three booth spaces are no longer going to be having that. Um, some, some of them will be um, or us. Some of us will have to be moved outside so that there's enough kind of social distance between booths, but are you going to be, feel comfortable going into a 10 by 10 booth. People are going to be wearing masks. There's going to be some limiting of people, but if that booth is crowded, are you going to go in or are you going to pass it by? If that booth has like one or two people in there, plus the sales staff, which is usually one or two people that could potentially be um, feeling like it's crowded. Are you going, you know, how are you going to deal with that? Have you thought about it at all? Um, It'll be really interesting to see what the experience is like. Um, It may just really slow you down. There may not be the frenzy of, you know, of having to be in the booths that are the most busy. Maybe it will actually slow you down and maybe make the festival more enjoyable. I certainly hope so. We we shall see, I guess. <laughs> and then there's studio sales. So this is the best of both worlds, right? You can take your time. You can squish. You can revel in the color. You can dream about things that you want to make. You can see... Um, some great samples you can consider your purchase and and you get to connect with the the artists themselves so um and i put studio sales here and i guess i probably should have included you know your local yarn store as well um but i'm being focused on on what we do and we're doing these studio uh open studio sales um once a month typically mid-month Um, And so people can come by, they can um, come in, they can sit on the porch and knit or spin and still have some nice connection time. So next time I'm going to really be focusing on defeating overwhelm at the festivals. And so I hope you'll listen into that podcast as well. Um, if you have any ideas or thoughts about what I've just talked about, about who um, who you are now 18 months after um, being stuck at home, I'd love to um, hear what you have to say. So leave a comment or leave a review on iTunes or Spotify. We'd love to um, have that connection as well. So until next time, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website, at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making.